I hope your morning is going well. I know sometimes getting ready for church on a Sunday and all the different challenges that we face uh, sometimes can be overwhelming, but I pray that your Sunday at this point now is transitioning to, I'm so glad I came. I'm so glad I'm connecting online. Um, I also want to say hello to my mom. She calls me every time after service and say, hey, son, I watched you today. And I'm like, praise God. She's up in her 80s. Amen. And she's like, I need, I think she was hinting at her Christmas gift. She's like, you know, son, my cell phone is just, the screen's too small. You know, I, I, I you know, I would, would want a tablet. And I'm like, you know what, mom? You're right. We'll get you a tablet. That's so good. She wants to watch her son preach. And that's such a great thing. And so, um, for no other reason, I thank God for, for a praying mom and, and a mom who just continues to love her children. She has seven boys and one girl. And, uh, man, she rules the house. Amen. Still. And uh, we're still afraid of her. Praise God. And we're afraid to tell her what to do because she won't listen anyways. Amen. And we always tag our sister. I said, you're the only sister, the only daughter. Go talk to mom. Amen. Because she ain't. She ain't listening to us, praise God. I'll do what I want to do it. I'm like, okay, in Jesus' name. All right, I have a, a message for you today that I'm just super excited about, about sharing. I think that it's going to absolutely just bring some truth. It's going to bring some understanding to you. How many know it's important to have understanding? It's very important. The Bible begins by having knowledge and having understanding so we can get to a place of wisdom. And so um, I want you to turn to our first scripture in Psalms 104, verses 1 to 2. That'll be our first scripture, Psalms 104, verses 1 to 2. And it's amazing in this Christmas season how much the Old Testament really gives us a picture of what we call Christmas. Uh, The Old Testament called it the coming of Christ or the advent, the coming coming of Christ. And so we, we we call it Christmas. And there's so much rich things in, in, in the Bible. And so today we're going to talk about the authentic light. We looked a little bit on Wednesday uh, when Bailey spoke. And what a great message. For those who were here and those who watched online, an amazing message. I'm still chewing on it. It was really good. And then Abigail added her anointing to it. You know what I mean? It was just great. And, and you can do that. When you hear a message that really ministers to you, and God gives you an insight, and it's biblical, share that on Facebook. You know what I mean? Let's get something healthy on Facebook. Amen. Praise God. Something we can rejoice over. And, and so we want to continue on that, and we really want to focus on, on Christ. We really want to break it down so you understand Jesus. Say that with me. Understand, understand. Jesus. Yeah. He's, he's very important, by the way, in case you're wondering. He's very, very important. And so, and so we begin by looking at the authentic light, and, and I want to read this to you. It says, this love of light finds expression in both Old Testament and New Testament in a very extensive use of the word to express those things, ready, which are most to be desired. So there are things that we desire, But what we're reading is that the love of light is a thing that to be most desired because right from the beginning, God declares, let there be what? Oh, I'm glad I'm part of a church who knows their Bible. Amen. Praise God. I'm not joking. Some people don't even know their Bible. Amen. Amen. 
They have access to it, but they don't know it. So I'm glad that you know it here. It is a thing to be most desired. You need light. You really do. Um, and we're going to see in the scripture how, how light is used both naturally, but also metaphorically and figuratively as well for we to grasp the concept of what's important. Because the reason why it's to be most desired and most helpful to mankind is this, is that there is a connection we find that to see the most beautiful things in this earth, you've got to see in the light of the scriptures, the Bible. And so it's important that we become people of the Bible. It's very important. You may be challenged by it, and that's okay. That's okay. There might be some areas of confusion when you're reading the Bible, and that's okay as well. That's okay. Many atheists have even gone into, into, into colleges where they teach the Bible, trying to refute it, and they come out saved. So it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. As long as they're reading the word of God, I trust that the Holy Spirit will bring understanding to who Jesus is. Can someone say amen to that? So if you don't know what to say, just say Jesus. If you don't know what to tell somebody about the transformation in your life, the most beautiful thing to tell them is it's Jesus. I can't, I can't explain it all to you right now, but I can tell you it's Jesus. It's the most beautiful thing to be desired. And so as a parent, the number one thing I want my children to be able to express to other people is this. My dad walks like Jesus. From reading the Bible, I can connect and see what is written in the scriptures. And I can see that what my dad desires, he's not there yet. But what he desires is to become more like Jesus. And so therefore, he doesn't mind the light of God's word to shine on him. He actually welcomes it. He welcomes the light to shine so that the most beautiful thing that people will see in my life and in your life is who is Jesus. <laughs> oh, that is so good right there. Come on. You see what I'm saying? I'm not saying you shouldn't get yourself ready in the morning time. Come on. No, no, no. That's okay. It's okay to put some stuff on. But what I'm saying is that beyond all of that, what you want people to see, the most desired thing about you is to be that I see when the light shines on you, I see Jesus. Oh, I, I see Jesus. And so I want to know more about this authentic light because not everybody shines like that. You got to understand that not everybody shines the way you shine. And so as we look in the scriptures, and I totally go to Psalms 104, verse 1 and 2, here's the reason why. My first point is this, is that you have covered yourself with the light. You have covered yourself with the light. That if we look in the scripture, Psalms 104, verse 1 and 2, it says, bless the Lord, what? Oh, my soul. That's an important factor because the soul is your mind, your intellect. It is the place where you actually make a decision based on your will to say, I'm going to bless the Lord. It is not where you're forced. It is where you make a calculated decision based on observation. It is good. You tell your soul, soul, bless the Lord. Because you got to talk to yourself. David did it. You got to talk to yourself sometimes. Says, listen, listen, emotion. You got to bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. 
Because the spirit is moving and giving you the light to see how good God is. But your soul must make the decision. Listen, the battle is for your soul. It's your decision-making part. And some people have a split soul. The Bible calls it double-minded. And so what the light does, the light wants to show you how you bring it together. And so whenever you hear somebody says, bless the Lord, oh my soul, what they're saying to you is I got a glimpse of the revelation of the light of Jesus that's covering me. And so it protects me from the elements and the plot and the plans of the enemy. So he begins says, bless the Lord, oh my soul. So let's practice that. Someone, come on, someone say, bless the Lord. Oh, that's what we got to say in 2020. Come on, somebody. We've got to be able to say, bless the Lord, oh, my soul. Not based on what I see in the natural because it doesn't look good. And so because of my love for the light, the authentic light, I'm forced to react. I'm forced to respond. And so I can look at the world and react or I can look at the light and respond. And whenever I look at the light, I have to say, bless the Lord, oh, my soul. Oh, Lord, my God. Here's why. You are very great. It's not just great. The psalmist says, you are very great. And he says, you are clothed with splendor and majesty. And so it gets this picture of this God who supersedes everything. And he is, he is worthy of praise. And, and here is why he not only um, desires praise, not only does he say that you should praise me, he gives the reason for the praise is that I'm very great. I'm very great. He says, some people need to be convinced of why should I praise God? And he's saying, because I'm clothed with splendor and majesty. And sometimes that word majesty means power. Ooh. Power to bring transformation in one's life. And so we see here, he goes on, he says, covering yourself with light as with a garment, stretching out the heavens like a tent. The psalmist went right back to Genesis. So that's why when I tell you everything finds itself in Genesis, it didn't come from me. Surely I would love to be the one that you can quote. No, it came from the Bible. It came from the psalmist that every single time they were trying to connect with God, they would go right back to God as creator. And you must find yourself going back to that place of who is the creator because who is the creator? Whomever you give your allegiance to has control of your life. And I love this when it says covering yourself with light as with a garment because it reminds me of Genesis chapter 3 when they ate of the fruit and it says they were naked. Now picture with me. He begins and he creates the sun in uh, Genesis 1 verse 14. He calls it the greater light and the lesser lights, the moon, and he talks about the stars. And so while he's doing all those things, he then creates man and man and woman. They're naked. So in other words, what God created the sun didn't harm mankind. Oh, Ooh, you got you got to get that. You got to get that. We put on clothing for the various elements that we're facing. Come on. But here is God saying, when I create something, it is good for mankind. 
And so he says that just the way he covered himself as light with garment, he's saying that when you obey me, you are covering yourself with what I have. Oh my goodness. That's why he says, let us make man in our likeness and in our image. And so what God was saying was this, the sun and the moon and the stars, they're there to show you the beauty of the creator. But when it comes to you, you're naked. You need nothing covering you because I want you to see all of my glory. I don't want you hiding from me. Come on. I want you to see all of my glory when you cover yourself with light you see all that God is and you end by saying it was very good so you see I've got to cover myself with the garment of praise (laughs) for the spirit of heaviness come on Come, and that's why I like to worship. I was telling somebody, I said, I apologize when I preach because I sweat everywhere. And she said to me, man, it's just because you're passionate. I'm like, thank you for putting a good perspective on my perspiration. Come on. You've got to find the good in everything. Come on, somebody. You've got to find the good in everything. My bald head and it's raining. It's pouring. But someone says, no, it's passion for what you're doing. Yes, I like you. Praise God. You can always get a front row seat when I'm preaching. Glory to God. Because see, when you cover yourself with light, you see things from God's perspective. And my prayer has been since the moment the clock hit January 1st, 2020. God, what in the world are you doing? God says, I've always covered myself with light. I've never been in darkness. For it says in 1 John that God is light and in him there's no darkness. So when we look at what's going on, you can't come back and say it was an act of God. Oh, no, baby. God is good. God is saying you got to cover yourself with light so you see the things that I'm doing because then you will bless me at all times. Your praise will continue to be in your mouth. Come on. And you will wrap yourself in the garment of praise. And that's why when I think about Jesus and all he's done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah. Thank God for saving me. Some of you newbies in the faith are saying, what in the world was that? That was the old school. You feel what I'm saying? That was the old school where they met Sunday morning, Sunday night, and three times during the week. You brought your pot of food, amen, somebody, and everybody was eating from the same plate. Ain't worried about COVID, amen. Everybody from the same plate. And just saying, we staying after church. You ain't going anywhere, you know what I mean? And they were just cooking. You would look in the house and Saturday night you got mom and they're making a pot of food. Why they bring it to church? Because folks are going to stay over. Cover themselves with life. And so we got to look at And so here, here's where you have to start when you're reading the scriptures. You have to start with this. When you know that you've covered yourself with life, you have come to the conclusion and the understanding of Jesus by these four things. Real quick. And we talked about it on, on last week. So first of all, God cares for me. When you cover yourself in light, you realize God cares for me. And, and you got to wrestle with that because you can't go any further until you recognize that, that God cares for you. You will never be able to go further in the things of God. You can fake it, but you'll never be able to make progress forward movement until you know that God cares for me. The second thing is that God loves me. We got to move into that God only cares for me. God loves me. And here's the deal. Whether you're a sinner or whether you're the greatest saint, it doesn't change the fact of these two first things. That based on Genesis chapter 1, verses 14, it is saying, and the Bible says in Matthew where Jesus says, he makes the sun to shine on the just and the unjust. Right there. He says it. 
No matter where you're facing. And that's why we preach the gospel to everybody. And that's why it's important for us to recognize because he's saying that the first two things that people must understand about Jesus is that he cares for them and he loves them. But you don't know what I've been through. He loves you and he cares for you. But you don't know. He loves you and he cares for you. He cares for you and he loves you. That's the first thing that out of the cut of our mouth every time we see somebody. Why? Because the same rain that falls on your head is the same rain that falls on somebody else's head. And what we're telling them, we're pointing them to Jesus and we're saying, he's the creator. But when you move into a deeper revelation of not just experiencing the God who cares and loves you, you move into the encounter of the God's mercy who keeps you. And this is what Christmas is all about. It's about the mercy of God because there's no reason on the planet except for the fact that God cares and loves you why he sent Jesus. There's nobody, I don't care if the greatest saint, there's nobody worthy of the title to come and say, he came because of me. Not even Adam. So we recognize this now. And so what we have to move into now is God's mercy keeps me. And this is where the battle rages. This is the place of where we have to get to understand he covers you with light. Is that God's mercy keeps me. And the last one is God is here with me. That's the whole thing of Christmas. It's Christ's mass. It means that Emmanuel is here. It is God with us. It is when he said to Joshua as they were going into the promised land. Joshua's name means the Lord is our salvation. And so he saying that I was with you in the garden in Genesis and I'm with you now entering to the promised land. God has always been here with us. And so to cover yourself with light, you have to do that because here's the deal. Because what happened was when they sinned, they went and got fig leaf and they covered themselves from the light. And so we have to look at it. The second point I want to share with you now, understanding Christ, understand just is the concept of light. It is the concept of light. It's this idea of what light is. And so from the literal perspective, we see light and we see first is natural light. Literally, the sun, and don't confuse the sun from the light that comes from the sun. It's two different objects. So you have the sun, right? And then you also have the light that comes from it. It's important that we recognize that because in looking at natural light, what God is doing, he's saying, I want you to understand that I'm going to use the sun as a metaphor, as a figure for who I am. And what he wants you to recognize that God as a creator is this. He's separate from his creation. Lest you worship the sun as God. And so he separates it. And he's saying you have to understand the concept of light. And what he begins and he says this is natural light sustains life. Natural light sustains life. And artificial light supports life. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verse 7 and 8 says it this way. I love the right of Ecclesiastic because he brings life down to its reality. He calls it vanity, meaningless. He takes all the activity of mankind. And he brings it down to this place. It's all meaningless until the last chapter where he begins his faith and says, here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. And so the writer of Ecclesiastes, which we believe to be Solomon, is given the perspective. And he's saying this is the reality of the activity on earth. So when the Bible begins, it says that, that, that in everything there's a purpose and, and an activity. He's not saying purpose in the sense of a decree or a destiny. He used the word purpose as activity. He's saying the activity of man requires the concept of light. So in Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 7, he says, Light is sweet and it is pleasant for the eyes to see the sun. 
I mean, that's so true. I mean, to get outside, and of course, I love the heat, right? You know what I mean? And so that's why I thank God for our flex. We can, we can debate. So our marriage stays together because she likes the cold and I like the heat. I'm praying for her. And so I like the heat. And so I enjoy going outside. And, and every time I go to a conference, I don't dress for the weather outside, just for the weather inside. Because they turn on that AC and freeze this brother out. And every now and then I poke out of the conference, put my finger up in the back of church. You know, I did one of these things. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm freezing. I get out and I go out and I enjoy the sun. I'm like, look at Ecclesiastes chapter 11. Because it's so amazing. Light is sweet and it's pleasant for the eyes to see the sun. And in verse 8, he says, so if a person lives many years, look at the artificial now. So it begins with a natural, verse 7, light is sweet and it's pleasant for the eyes to see the sun. Which means that our faculties to see, look at God. Not only he says, look at the creator, uh, the, the, uh, the sun that I created and the light that comes off of it. He said, I've also given you ability in your eyes to be able to look at something like that. It doesn't burn your eyes. Come on. That God is so in the details. But he says in verse 8, so if a person lives many years, and come on, you got to tell yourself, I'm living many years. Hey, Amen. Come on. You got a purpose on the earth. Don't cancel early amen that's why we need god's mercy we have people who are sick and challenging and we pray for them says so god have mercy on them but in our own lives say like, god i want to live long on purpose not long to take up space come on i want to live long for purpose and so therefore when you know your purpose at a young age it is amazing because you can do so much more for the kingdom of god listen All you have to do to get to heaven is accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. But if you want the rewards, you got to do something. So if you just want to make it in, cool. Jesus. But if you want to be Jesus with skin in the earth, then do something. And so he's saying here that, listen, a person lives many years. Let him rejoice in them all. But let him remember that the days of darkness will be many look at the contrast he, he, he's saying that listen you're going to live long but understand that as much as you see the natural light as well that, that there's going to be moments where that natural light is going to be taken away that you're going to have darkness in other words when the sun is set we were driving home yesterday and it was about 9 o'clock and we were at um, Hawking Hills and I was at a, a leadership a Christmas a, a gathering and, and so we're leaving and it is so dark and so you know your pastor, he's running to the car real quick. Amen. I'm not making sure no critters. I'm like, praise God, I don't know what's out here. You know what I mean? I'm like, come on, babe. You know what I mean? Automatic car starter. Come on, get your stuff in. I mean, it is dark. You feel me? One time, Blade and I, we were going where he was going to propose to Danny, and he was starting walking the woods like our favorite place. I'm like, buddy, it's getting dark. And I don't know if coyotes are coming out. Ain't want no coons. So you continue on. That's your woman you're going to marry. You know what I mean? I already did my responsibility. I'm heading back to the car. Praise God. They closed that gate, and we stuck in there. Oh, no, the devil is a liar. I'm getting out of there. And so we're driving. It's, it's dark. You can't see a thing. It's dark there. And that's because the sun had set. And so the very thing I enjoyed that I I was able to see in the sunrise, now it's gone down and now it's dark. And so what the psalmist said, hey, Ro, you stayed that late. (laughs) You could have left when the sun was up. But you chose to live and to enjoy the fellowship of the individuals that were there. So you looked at and calculated 
The time with friends versus the observation of night. And the psalmist is saying, excuse me, the, the writer of Ecclesiastes is saying, there will be many days like that. Where you'll make decisions where the sun will set and now you're facing darkness. The natural light has gone out. And the moon, which only gets its light from the sun. And it's so far and it's, and it's dark and we're driving. And I couldn't drive as fast as I would like to. Number one, Megan told me to slow down. But number two, the roads were winding and it was, I've never been here before. And so therefore, darkness changed my behavior. Mm -hmm. it, it made me have to resort to things that I didn't want to do. So the time that my ways absent I get home wasn't true. It was based on calculation on if I was driving the same speed limit as was allotted. But because of darkness, I had to change how I did things. And so when people are in darkness, what happens is this, the natural light is gone. And so... Therefore, we have to depend on the artificial light. And thank God for my dashboard that had lights on it. And the headlights of my vehicle. You see what I mean? By artificial light supports you. I was able to get home because of the natural light. Excuse me, the artificial light in my vehicle and the headlights and be able to drive. And there were times where people had their lights on. I was able to see where I was going. And I made it home, praise God, successfully. Because of natural light? No, artificial light. Artificial light supports us. And what happens is this, is that when natural light fails, man, by discovery or invention, provides himself with some temporary substitute. And that's all artificial light is. It's just a temporary substitute that we so depend on for us to function. If you want a great picture of me, and I, I'm camera shy, I don't like taking pictures. Amen, somebody. So you got to force me to pose for a picture. Um, you better, better be quiet there. Ain't nobody asked you to help me preach this message. Amen, somebody. But there are times because of the complexity of my complexion. Come on. They got to bring some light to get the best angle. And so we need artificial light. I'm okay with that because I want the best of me to shine. Uh-huh. Yes, indeed. And so because of this, thank God that light is able to support us and praise God for artificial light. Come on, praise God for artificial light because that's what we're sitting under right now. It's artificial light and it supports life. But back in the Bible days, they started for them was at sunset to sunrise. But here he's saying, here's the danger though. If when you depend on artificial light for so long, it's going to cost you money. Because we've got to pay for the lamps as well as electricity or the oil to make it work. So we buy flashlights and, and the batteries. And now on our cell phones, we can just pull it down and hit that button. And we get all these different lights. We have to buy candles and sparklers and reflecting clothing. And to save money and conserve energy, we shut off all artificial lights when we're not using them. And so the substitute that we hold to that supports life is something that we shut off when we don't need to use them. You see, we have mastered as a society the many uses of natural light and artificial light that our minds, ready for this, isn't so reliant on faith anymore. Because we've lived on an artificial life for so long, 
We don't have faith anymore. But some nations that don't have electricity or some nations where one person can just pull the lever and shut down your internet. Come on, somebody. And one person can say, no more water, and they pull it down. They have to depend on faith. Why? Because they're not as blessed as a first world country. Come on, that just has artificial light. Some would take for granted. We tell the kids, turn off the light. Why? Because you ain't paying for electricity. Some countries like, turn off what light? Better go light the light. (laughs) And so we no longer depend on faith. And this is what happens. Ready for this? This is what happens now. And so, and so we learn how to control the lights in the church. We learn how to control the lights in the church. So the light, the artificial light. And so what we do is we, we turn on the light and we put on the stage light. Because what is happening here is that we can control it because we're no longer dependent on faith. And so what we do then is this. We're no longer relying on faith. And so it's form. It's having a form of godliness, but then the power thereof. And so what we're concerned about is not the way of light. It is how light functions. And so we control the intensity. How long are they going to keep on worshiping? And so we control the duration. How long are we going to be here? Because we want to control the amount of light. And so what happens is we can control it with a flip of a switch. Or we can just shut off our soul and say, I'm not going to receive anymore. Because the light is bothering me. And so we, we control the lights in the church. We, 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 we control the lights in the church. And so therefore, as things get out of control, when God is moving and we can't put our hands on it, God says, don't you put your hands on it. If you don't remember what happened, they were trying to bring the presence of God, the light of God into a city. And so the ark was stumbling. And so all of a sudden he reached out to try to give God a hand and God struck him down. Not because God was cruel, but God was saying, you can't control the authentic light. Church, it should have never been on a new cart in the first place. And so all these new things you're doing, I'm not saying we got, shouldn't be up with uh, technology. That's not what I'm saying. Hear me by the Spirit of God. I'm saying some of the new things we're doing is robbing us of the old. It's robbing us of truth, not tradition. It's robbing us of things that we held to. And so what we have done is we've turned off the light because we became seeker-sensitive because the people who didn't know Jesus didn't understand Jesus. We didn't want the light to offend them, so we said, turn. Turn it off. Turn it off. And so, in the dark, we think we're safe. Since we cannot see the enemy, the enemy can't see us. So keep the lights off. And we'll give you a form of godliness. But denying the power thereof. There's an illustration of a, of a war when it was... Told in World War II, there was a dark and dangerous night during World War II leading up to the Battle of Midway. A U.S. aircraft carrier was moving through the seas north of Hawaii. All the lights were off on the carrier to avoid the Japanese submarines. But here was the problem. Though they were safe from the enemy, one of the U.S. planes was missing. Circling the carrier in the pitch black sky, searching for its home. This was its only safe landing place was the carrier. It's the only hope of not being swallowed up by the South Pacific Ocean. The ship's captain knew it was risky, but gave the orders. 
And my God, we need preachers and prophets and apostles to look at the condition of the church and take the risk and say, light up the ship, good God Almighty. Light up the ship. Light up the ship. Quickly, the plane zoomed down onto the carrier's deck, landing as a homing pigeon and was safe. Light up the church so people can see the cross on Christmas. What people are looking for as they are flying around, trying to find a safe place to land. But the church has turned off its light. Though we think we're safe, we're only pretending to be safe. Listen, God didn't say to fight darkness with darkness. God said you fight darkness with light. You fight darkness with light. Let them understand Jesus. That the only light they see is the cross of Christ. Especially at Christmas. So this authentic light. Psalms 36 verse 9 says it this way. For you it is the foundation of life. For which you is the fountain of life. Excuse me. In your light do we see light. Come on. It is in His light that we see light. And so Christ, this great light, who may be called the light, he's the author and giver of all lights, of nature and grace. Do you understand him? Come on. Do you understand him? That this light is Jesus Christ and that he is the author and giver of all lights. Even of nature. Come on. That though he created nature, he's separate from it. Lest you worship the creation more than the creator. Come on. And so he's saying that the grace and the glory. What happens when people walk into the house of God. When they are flying around because they were sent out by God. Come on. We've got to be a church that released people into their assignment. This U.S. plane was sent on assignment. And they forgot about the one who was doing the work of God. Come on. And they shut the light down. We got people looking and says where is the church in 2020 but we've turned off the light but i'm here to tell you as long as i'm pastoring the gathering place i'm going to tell you turn on the light i will take the risk i will take the risk to walk in conviction and compassion says look to the light of the cross it's the glory that we need my god it's the glory we need someone give god glory let your light shine, church. Let it shine. Let it shine. He's the fountain of life, and it's in his light do I see light. Woo, good God Almighty. And so we have churches who remove the cross. Remove the cross, and people are wondering, why is it that I can't find my way home? Woo! darkness is around me there is danger i've made poor decisions and i'm looking for a church with its lights on i'm not saying we shouldn't have lights on the stage to make it engaging but when those lights supersedes the light of the cross uh uh-huh 
This nation is in trouble and we have no direction. And the reason why we have no direction is because the light of the church has been turned off. We are the aircraft carriers. We are the church and we go into battle. Why? Because light will always expose the darkness. Always expose the darkness. And here's the good news. It is both for Jews and Gentiles. Come on. Here's the true light in distinction from all typical ones and in opposition to all false one and who is this person it's Jesus himself somebody say Emmanuel God with us Woo. can you see it I know there's some light come from the TV but but can you see the reason for Christmas Can you see, you may be that pilot who obeyed the things of God and you went out to deal with the enemy that's robbing you of your finance, to deal with the enemy robbing you of your family, to deal with the enemy that's robbing you of your joy. Come on, to deal with the enemy that's robbing you of your peace and all that God has promised. And now you're coming back to give your testimony. Remember testimony service? Come on, that we need for them to land and say, tell us how it went. And they can say, let me tell you what God did. Good God Almighty, that the word of God works. Amen, somebody, that I was able to witness to this person and their transform but i got to have a home with the lights on so i know where i'm landing unless i land into the darkness of the sea and so church you ready it's not for the unbeliever (laughs) they need jesus church is for the believer who needs someone to land home come on and tell them of the testimony of the goodness of God and to help me, ready for this? Understand Jesus. That's what I need. Now, I'm not saying unsafe people can't come to church. Of course they can. But wouldn't it be so much easier if we all just went and shared the light of the gospel? And when they ask, how do you find your way back home in the dark? You can tell them, oh, I know my church has its lights on. I know my church has the lights on. And so how do you get the lights on? My last two points and I'm finished. I know the lights bother probably some of you. and We get accustomed to the dark. But if you focus on the light, come on. It changes everything. And so Josephine and Luguel, they did all the decorations. And I'm like, we're going to show it. But see, what I want you to realize before we do the other decorations, we got to first let you look at the cross. Unless you think the season is about the decorations and not about the destiny of your soul. And so I felt today was just, that's a vision I had. And, and even before I told him, I was like, you know what? I'm going to change it from, from what I originally had. And I said, I wanted to have lights. And I said, I said, I want you to put lights around the tree. And they're like, oh, gosh, Pastor, I'm so glad we connect. Because that's this very thought that we had. I'm like, look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. Are you seeing the cross today? Because those who are looking at the cross, here's what you said. Freddie, you confess the light. There's a confession of the light. For in Psalms 56 verse 13, it says this. Amen. For you have delivered my soul from death. Ooh. Mm. 
Oh God, when you look at the cross, what you say is this. You have delivered my what? Soul. Go back to Psalms 104. Come on. I will bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. That's the reason why he's saying bless the Lord. He's realized that God, you saved me from death. Physical, spiritual, mental, emotional. Death has no more grip on And look what he says, yes, my feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light of life. So what happened, there was a battle. They had the apostolic creed, the apostles creed that that, that was generated because there were false teachers, false lights coming in and and was desecrating the claims of Christ. And so they came up with the, the, the apostles creed. And then during the time of Constantine, and so it's interesting because Constantine, who was a Roman emperor, but his mom, as tradition teaches, had an encounter with Jesus. And so all of a sudden, now Constantine, he's saved. And so what happened is Constantine is now saying, and if you look at the different Romans thing, and that's why when we see the holidays that we do, and you wonder why there's a Jewish and there's a Roman connection, it's because of this. Because what happens, you had pagan people who are worshiping different idols, different sun gods. They got saved, and they're like, what do we do? We're used to this experience so how do we encounter Jesus come on and so there was this rustling going back and forth and so a lot of things that we see that we do please understand it's from a Roman origin but they have a significant spiritual connection if we see the cross if you don't see the cross it becomes consumerism but when you see the cross it becomes confession oh god and so Christmas is a time of confession what Jesus has done, good God Almighty, and that he was born and he came. And so what happened was now we had someone who was desecrating Christ. And so they had to move, not, not move. They went from the, the, the Apostles' Creed now to the Nicene Creed. And a creed is a statement of belief. It's typically religious, but it's a statement of belief. And so when you confess Christ, what you are saying to this preacher and what you're saying more importantly to God is this. I have a statement of belief that when I confess Jesus Christ, I know exactly what I'm talking about. And what you're saying is this. You have delivered my soul from death. That my feet from falling as I'm walking before God in the light of life. In the light of life. Because who is the judge? God is the judge. And so here's what he said. And so the, the, the Nicene Creed said this. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father. Watch this now. God from God, light from light. True God from true God. Begotten, not made. Woo, right there. Right there, preacher. Come on, right there. Right there. See, he wasn't made. Come on, come on. No, no, no. The Holy Spirit came upon Mary. And it says, that which is in you is conceived of the Holy Spirit. Joseph had nothing to do with what God is doing. And so he goes on and he's saying this, that he's true God from true God, begotten, not made. Because some people would think that he was made. And so therefore, he can't be God. But you can't have deliverance from death. Come on, unless you have God who can forgive sin and man who caused sin. You've got to have a God, man, come on, who is perfect and not contaminated with sin. So you can confess the light. Am I helping anybody? And what he's saying is this, that they were begotten, not made. One in being with the Father. So he's light from light. True God from true God. Someone say, I'm ready for this. It's going to blow your mind. 
this is going to blow your mind because you've got to understand who you are in Christ. Artificial light has just messed us up that we don't even know who we are. Based on our confession, I'm telling you right now, I can hang around you for five minutes and I can record how you talk and I can tell whether you know who you are in Christ or not. Based on your confession. Based on how you see things. And so the confession is critical because what happens is this, is you have to recognize now that God himself says, let us make man in our likeness and in our image. Amigo Deo. In our likeness and our image. And God breathed into man the breath of life. And man became a living soul. When I got saved back in 1988, that scripture was a scripture that sustained me for the entirety of my Christian journey. When I finally recognized that I knew who I was in Christ, my identity issues didn't go away. Come on. What happened was I now start to embrace the identity of Christ. And I'm no longer the way I was back in 1980 that I am 2020. Come on, somebody. And I'm pressing towards the mark of the price. In other words, I want more of the light to shine through me. Come on. Because it then confirms my confession in Christ. Because just as I came, come on, that God created me. What he's saying is this, that when you recognize your confession, you recognize that God who is light now says through Jesus, he is the light of the world who now says you are the light of the world he's passing it down he's passing identity down from systems and dispensations to dispensation are you hearing what i'm saying you are the light of the world you are the light of the world when people are in dark times and dark places they're looking for someplace i can land and you are saying this is the authentic light i'm not the light but i reflect the light so here's the last point, is this. It's one thing, and I talked this earlier, to be plugged into the light. Everybody's saved, especially in America. Everybody, everybody's a Christian in America. Some practicing, some not practicing. Everybody. I mean, come on, when Congress and the number in Congress is over 50% say they're Christians, come on. Come on. Religious. But Christians, no. So they're plugged into the light. You know, I'll give them that. They're created by God. The rain falls on them. We need more rain. You know what I mean? Rain falls on them and, and everything like that. And, and every system, every institution, rain falls on it. But it doesn't mean they're connected to the light. See, it's one thing to be plugged into the light. You can have religious conversations all day. They actually discourage it because you can argue so much about religion, taxes, and a bunch of stuff in 2020. You know what I'm saying? So there's a bunch of stuff you can just debate and argue over with. And so what we have to recognize that the church is not just plugged into the light. The church is connected to the light. Because to be plugged into the light is to just come in agreement that God is your creator. But to connect to the light is to say Jesus is your savior. Write that down. Good God Almighty. I'm freeing somebody this morning. Well, the Holy Spirit is freeing somebody this morning. So plugged into the light just means that you were created. But connected to the light means that you know him as Savior. Which one is it today? Which one is it today? Are you just acknowledging God that he loves you, cares for you, and that he's your creator? Or are we looking at the light and realize I'm connected to the light and Jesus is my Savior? To understand this season... We have to recognize 
This is the season to get connected because you can't enter 2020 disconnected. You certainly can't enter 2021 with just being plugged into the light. God is looking for his church. No matter what they say physically about our gathering, they'll never be able to disconnect us from the light in terms of the gathering. Are you hearing me, church? Why should I be connected to the light? Somebody asked me that. Pastor Rowe, why should I be connected to the light? I'm plugged in, man. It's good enough. Why should I be connected? Why should I give more of myself to Jesus? I didn't tell that plane to go out in the dark. What's wrong with him? He should have known better. It was dark. Should have, should have stayed where, where they were. Why should I be connected to the light? What difference does it make if I'm connected to the light? I mean, surely God knows my heart. That's a nice one right there. That's the best one right there. And he said, I know your heart, but I want to deal with your desires. Mm-hmm. Because you're desiring things that won't satisfy. You're substituting for what is real. Someone say connected to the light. See, see, here's the deal. Because it's one thing to say, I want my children to connect to the light. I just don't want them to be plugged into the light. Yes, I want them to know that, of course, but they got to be connected to the light. And what happens is this, to be connected to the light is going to make you uncomfortable. It really is. Because you're going to finally realize, ready? Here's why. Why do people don't want to be connected to the light? Come on. So ask the question, Pastor Rowe, how come people don't want to be connected to the light? Somebody asked that. Yeah, praise God. Because you're no longer in control. And we're afraid that God doesn't really know what's best for us. Because my experiences tells me one thing, and I'm afraid to encounter the light because you tell me something different. We want control. And it goes right back to the garden again. You will be like God, knowing good and evil. What's the problem, Adam and Eve? You're already plugged in. Why stay connected? You be God. You control your destiny. You know your future. You know what's better for your kids than God does. Man, you're living with them. Why do we want to be connected to the light? And what happened is this, that all that has happened in 2020 is just to reveal those who are plugged from the light. That's all he did. That's all he did. But if I were you, and what I'm doing is I'm right there by the connection point. It says, devil, you will not even cross over here. Because not only am I plugged into the light, he's my creator. I'm connected to the light, and he's my savior. Come on. Nobody on this planet died for me. Nobody on this planet was worth to die for me. And so God, take control of my life. Take control of my children. You take control, God, because I'm already paying the price for artificial light. Good God Almighty, I might as well surrender to your authentic light. I made decisions plugged into the light but all of a sudden now it is not working why because you're not connected to the light so the reason why we don't want to be connected to the light is because we don't want to give control but but let me let me finish with this and let me tell you here's why you want to stay connected someone say i'm staying connected 
Because when you connect to the light, here's what you have. First of all, you give light to everyone. You move away from your interest to the interest of others. And that's why that captain, he recognized, I know you're safe at home, but we got one of our boys out. Come on, we've got a plane that's going on. Before he crashed into the dark sea and he says, God, where were you? We better give light to everybody. But the enemy will see it. I'm not afraid of darkness. Come on, we've got to expose the light. I don't care if the enemy can see us. I don't care if the enemy can see. That's why we come publicly. I don't care. I will not hide. Come on. My faith. I'm going to come publicly. And I'm going to dance. And I'm going to run. And I'm going to speak in tongues. Come on. I'm going to do cartwheels like I've done here before. I'm going to do moonwalk. Come on. And I'll do everything. Because I'm not afraid of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I wish I had a church this morning that it's 1141 and you're going to stay connected to the light. I wish I had a church that says I want to give light to everybody. Come on, come on, come on. Stay connected to the light. Give them praise. Give them praise. Give them praise. Stay connected to the light. Hey, God, you're my savior. You're my savior. The enemy is trying to disconnect, but I'm staying connected to the light. And here's what you get. Here's, oh, shaka, baba. Hey, glory to God. Some of you, it's been a rough year, but you stayed connected to the light. It's been a rough year, but you have stayed connected to the light. And you thank God for a church. Come on. Who kept the lights on? You thank God that I know where I can go. I can watch online or come in person. And I'm so thankful that the church stayed connected to the light. You be the judge of how you see your pastor. But what I'm here to tell you is how you see me. Is I'm saying God in Jesus name. That I'm going to stay connected to the light. That the things I went through. Come on. Oh hell yes. H-E double hockey stick. And things I went through to get to this point. I refuse to let the devil disconnect me from the light. No baby. I'm going to praise. I'm going to worship. I'm going to sweat. I'm going to wipe my bald head. But I don't care. I will never disconnect from the light. Because it gives light to everybody. And here's what it does. Connected to the light gives you real life. As a single, it gives you life. As a married, it gives you life. Connected to the light also tells you what's true. And here's the final one. When you're connected to the light... You see the beauty of what God is doing in and around you. Oh, God. That's what happens when you stay connected to the light. Is you see life, truth, and beauty. The light, the authentic light, is how we see the Christmas story. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. We can just turn on the lights just for a little bit. Not all the way, but we want the cross to be the center. 